Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we're going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi Tara. Hello, how are you? Good, it's been a while. It has been a while. Did you have a nice nice summer break? Oh yes, it's always too short isn't it? But You know, it is nice to have an empty house now and then. That's why we can record now because we don't have people traipsing through our house constantly. Hooray. And (laughs) it's even cool today. I don't know what it's like in Adelaide, but you guys have had some scorches. We have. It's been up and down though. Like this morning I woke up and I had to put a jumper on. I went outside to water all the plants because it's going to be 31, but it was only about 15 when I walked outside. So I had to come back inside and put clothes on. Mm, So what what was your top temp? During summer, what did your house get to, or, or your uh, well, suburb? Adelaide got to Adelaide got to forty six point six one day <laughs> last week. That and is insane. I know, right? And it's but someone said to me, you know, they just shrugged and went, "Oh well, anything over forty always feels the same to me, so it doesn't really matter." And it's but that's pretty true. Once it gets out like forty, it, I, don't, I don't see much of a difference between forty and forty five to be honest they're all just hot but in the according to the app on my phone the bureau of meteorology app my suburb was 47.2 at one point in the afternoon i and i said i said to the kids quick go outside so that you can say you've experienced like the hottest day (laughs) on the planet this particular day and they all looked at me and went no no we're happy to just watch it from indoors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did go in the pool. They did go in the pool that day. So they did experience the heat outside. But Because I remember as a teenager growing up in Mildura, we had days that were up there as well. And I think the hottest day was 47.1 that I had lived through. And mm-hmm. we were watching the news that night and they were saying, you know, that had broken all these records. And I'd spent the entire day inside and I had no idea. <laughs> Just oblivion, you know, no social media to tell me what the temperature was. I just spent the whole day in my bedroom under the air conditioner and um, didn't even notice. So I wanted the kids to know what the temperature was so that they didn't. Yeah, yeah. So while you've been home over summer, have you got into this Marie Kondo craze that's been sweeping the nation and indeed the world, I think? Yeah, it has. It's really amazing, isn't it? Yes, I I relented. I don't watch organising and decluttering shows generally. I don't watch much in the way of reality with, you know, air quotes, television because I just just don't like it much. And also I spend all day, every day decluttering and organising and I kind of get tired of it. Um, By the end of the day I just want to switch off and watch something ridiculous instead of, you know, um, more more work. Mm -hmm. But... I had so many people, media and other commentators, asking me my opinion on Marie Kondo and I thought, well, I can't give my opinion and I can't comment on other people's opinions unless I watch it. So I watched it and um, and I, su- I was surprised by my reaction to it actually. So we can get into that a little bit later. Hmm. Had you read any of her books or anything before that? Yeah, I did read the first one but... I read it with the air of someone who was pretty bored with it. So I think mm-hmm. I skim read it a fair amount. Uh, so I'm glad that, you know, today we're going to be talking to more, you're going to be the one talking about the books, not me, because I really don't remember the depth of the books and I, I'm probably not qualified to comment on them. But I definitely I definitely had a go at it and not the second one, though. I didn't bother with the second one. I still, I might though, I might. 
So for the listeners of ours that haven't got swept up on this craze yet, Netflix, the beginning of the year, released this series called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. And Kondo mania has kind of swept Australia. And I know it's started in the UK as well. I believe it would have happened in the US. But for those of you that haven't um, got Netflix in your country or haven't got the the program, um, we will give you a bit of an overview of the books and the program, tell you our opinions and those kind of things. And then you can make a decision for yourself whether you want to read or watch Mm -hmm. or both. Yep. So uh, my first impression of her generally was that I am definitely not that cheery or sweet or wear <laughs> such cute outfits when I declutter. I don't know about you. I never bounce through so people's door. <laughs> I look at those, I look at the watch the outfits that she wears and I think, well, it's, she clearly doesn't do a great deal of the the lifting and the and she probably doesn't dive into the dirty corners of garages so much because you can't you can't wear those outfits and do the job that we do. <laughs> I just I want to know what she has for breakfast because she's just like she just bounces around. I'm like, oh, yeah. I need, maybe I need to start bouncing into people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that we could all do with a little more bouncing in our lives, really. Yeah, to be honest. maybe yeah. maybe that will be a goal for this month. Try and bounce more. <laughs> um, regardless, kind of of what we think of her personally and some of her methods, I am just excited generally that this whole mania is going because it's showing the value of people letting things go and the exposure she's giving to the professional organising industry is awesome. I think more people Mm. have come to understand what we do because they've seen someone, albeit with different methods, doing a similar Mm. thing and now they're like, oh, I get it, you help people dig that, you help people tidy up. So, yeah, Yeah. hats off for that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great. And one of my favourite things about this whole excitement is the fact that people are starting to look at their possessions differently. They're starting to be, you know, a bit more intentional about what is in their life and that can never be a bad thing. So, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the awareness of the value of stuff. Um, I know that the um, a lot of charity stores especially in Australia, have been inundated with stuff now. There's, there's this Marie Kondo effect because people mm. are starting to let things go and go through their belongings. That So many charity shops, I know there's one of my local ones, has put a sign up saying um, no more donations until late Feb because they've yeah. got so much stuff. They just don't have enough volunteers to sort through it mm. and all the bins are full and they can't take anything more. So that is awesome. I just hope that people then hold on to their stuff until things yeah. reopen and don't don't decide to just take them to the tip. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. And unfortunately there are people out there who are not overly considerate of the charities and they are sending a lot of rubbish, uh, a lot of things that charities cannot pass on or sell and mm-hmm. um, that's costing them a lot of money. So, yeah, so if you are part of this in, in a bit of a, a a decluttering frenzy at the moment just be really mindful of what you're sending to charities because charities spend 13 is it 13 million or 13 billion tara i can't remember but it's 13 something um we'll put it in the a show year notes. yeah yeah <laughs> we'll do a fact check next time yeah. um but it's a lot and you can easily google it but they spend that much money every year just on rubbish removal 
And Mm -hmm. because so many people send things that are not usable to charities. So that's something that I really want to urge people to be mindful of. If the charity has to send it to landfill, then please do it, do it yourself. And so they don't have to pay for that to be done. We might do a show at some point, add it to our list of shows to do about Mm. what charity stores want and what is useful and what is not and maybe give people a bit of a guide because quite often people see their possessions through a bit of a lens and think, well, I loved it, someone else will love it, but if it's got a hole in it and the Mm. charities, you know, they'll end up sending it to scrap. Yeah. So tell me about the book, Tara. You've you've read both of the books. Um, so there's yes. one released in 2011, The Life-Changing mm-hmm. Magic of Tidying Up, and then one called Spark Joy in 2016. So I don't know about the difference between the two of them. They To me they look the same, but that's because I haven't read the second one, of course. Yeah. So um, the first one I read a few years ago when my business started diversifying and I was just life coaching and then I had a few clients that had issues with being overwhelmed by their physical possessions and I thought okay well I can try and help these people out with that and um, so I did a whole lot of wide reading and this was just one of the books that I read and I'll go through my initial impressions a bit later but there is some value in this book absolutely so the premise of it is She's trying to explain to us that we can completely transform our lives just by tidying up. She thinks the process um, will help us gain confidence, figure out what our what we really want to do with our lives. We can let go of anxieties and live a healthier and happier life. So that's kind of that's what she's promising in the book, which mm. is a pretty big call just <laughs> by tidying up. But um when you, when you dive into it, she teases some of these things out. She discusses why your tithing efforts have failed before. So she goes through a few reasons why, you know, when you've tried to declutter or tried to tidy up, you've never succeeded or you've rebounded and gone back to having a messy house. She talks about how you should start decluttering and the notion of only keeping things that spark joy. I want to come back to that whole spark joy thing a little bit later. I really, yeah, I want to talk to you about that. So um, then she talks about what order you should declutter your items in, which is quite similar to her series that she had on Netflix. She goes through a specific order. She talks about how you should store your items, including folding and storing items upright and in containers, a bit like a filing cabinet system. She's got a very specific way of folding clothes and towels and things like that. And then she kind of concludes by recapping how tidying your house can transform your life so that's kind of the step she moves through in the book and it's a you know it's a really easy read that kind of thing um it's not a long book is it no look I've got it right next to me I can even tell you how many pages it is oh well done have a look 210 yeah that's so and there it's a small book it doesn't have tiny writing it's yeah and it's very easy to read it's all set out nicely So looking at pros and cons, I'm a fan somewhat of her (laughs) methodology, which suggests that you tidy your house by category. That bit I really like. She gives a very specific order. So the first thing she suggests to tidy is your clothing. The second is books. The third is papers. The fourth is a Japanese word, kimono, which is not kimono, but komono which is miscellaneous. This I kind of struggle with because it's everything else that doesn't fit into those first three (laughs) categories. So it's kitchen, 
it's garage, it's laundry. It's It's 80% of your stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's all (laughs) the other stuff. And then her last category, number five, is sentimental items. So the reason I I like that specific order is firstly because it's like for people that are starting out, it's a map. It gives them a very clear Mm. point of reference and that can be really helpful, I think. And I like, and I guess this is her theory, is that you start with the stuff that is easy and it gets progressively harder. And like we've talked about before, that decluttering muscle, when you start easy and then you build your decluttering muscle, it gets easier. And so for her, she talks about um, getting to the harder things last, sentimental items right at the end. And Mm. by that stage, you should be more accustomed to letting things go and have a good decluttering muscle, although she doesn't talk about it like that. She talks about it as honing your ability to spark joy spark so that joy. when you get to your last category, you're really confident in the decisions you're making. So when you get to the yeah. last and the hardest items, you yeah. feel confident. So you really about- know by then what spark joy means to you. You've practiced enough that you can you have an idea of what that means to you and you can identify that feeling fairly quickly. Yeah. So yeah. I I really like that aspect of it. Um, And I really like the idea that she has one single standard or yardstick to judge absolutely every item. And I like that because it's easy. I don't Mm. actually think it's simply simple or relevant. But but again, for people starting out, trying to pin down how they make decisions and how they measure what is worth keeping Mm. Um, the fact that she gives everyone this little phrase of spark joy and for anyone that hasn't read the book or seen the show the idea of spark joy is about holding each of your possessions in your hands and appreciating what feeling it's giving you does it spark joy in you and her theory is if yes if this item gives you a feeling of joy then you should keep it and if no you should discard it so I like the fact that she has given people a very uh, specific mm. measure. It's like a rule, um, isn't it? So that you, yeah. you have one rule that you can apply to everything. You don't have to reinvent new rules or new criteria for everything. You've just got one criteria that you can apply to everything. So that does simplify it a lot. Yeah, for people starting out, the fact that you have this map of Mm. what areas to start with and then you have a rule for how you discard, I think that breaks it down to make it easier. But Mm. before we go any further, you tell me what do you think about the idea of sparking joy? I have my own opinions, but (laughs) well, first, for a start, we have to be careful what lens we look at it through. So we we're in we live in a Western culture, you know, we're from Australia and we our culture is very different to that of the Japanese. And there are a lot of criticisms of spark joy. And you're like you like you're saying, you've got your own your own idea of it and some of that, you know, based on the tone of your voice is, you know, possibly negative. But I think that when I first heard about spark joy, I thought, well, that's ridiculous. How can your spatula spark joy? But you need your spatula if you have eggs three times a week. So you you can't just discard it because it doesn't spark joy. And what we do with our Western lens is we oversimplify that phrase and we think of joy as as an overwhelming feel of happiness. But the translation of the term that she uses, it doesn't actually literally mean joy in the way that we see joy as. So 
if you translate the term that she uses, which we call spark joy, if you translate that a bit more literally, it actually means more to give you, not spark so much, but to give you an overwhelming urge to use a belonging. It's like an it's an incentive or it's an urge to to, to use this belonging and it's a, a positive feeling. And so that's I think that's one of the the criticisms that she has that she's given, which is a bit unfair because we the Western culture will say, oh that's ridiculous. We can't it can't spark joy. But your spatula can, when you look at it, it can give you a strong urge to use it. Because you're like, oh well, yeah, I use this three three days a week so I strongly feel that this is useful to me and gives me value and that is pretty much doing what she wants it to do she's it's not sparking joy and making you dance around the kitchen with happiness but that's not what she wants it to do she wants it to you know to have that a a bit more of a, a a deeper sense of of a usefulness and of a value so as as it's literally translated it can be very unuseful for people because they're like well everything makes spark or everything sparks joy or there are large categories of belongings that don't make them dance around the house with excitement but they need them because they're very useful things so that's sort of you know something that we a problem that we westerners have with spark joy that is actually probably not really valid or fair i think i think that's a really good description of it because i think one of the problems that occurs is that the literal translation of spark joy, I do get that when I pick up some of my favourite clothes or, you know, a cushion that I really love the fabric of or the texture mm. of or, you know, there are items that literally make, make me feel happy. joyous. Mm. But my microwave is not one of those <laughs> but it does add value and that's and that's what's tough is there needs to be a, a phrase or a term. And I guess it's in the translation. That's the that, thing. That we, don't, all we don't have a word. Yeah, we don't have a word for what she's trying to say. And so they've used, the translation has used joy. But um, it's actually, uh, the actual the actual literal word is, is, the more of, is more like throb. And now when we say throb, it sort of, it doesn't kind of make sense. Um, but that's yep. actually, the, the, well, in my research has shown that the little translation means it gives a throb. Um, so it's not yep. like, does this make me happy? What we're really asking ourselves, if we want to translate it properly, we should ask ourselves not does it spark joy, but does it promote a strong feeling bordering on an urge or an excitement of wanting to use this item? And that's really what that throb means that she's trying to describe. And um, there are a lot of things that just don't make us happy. And, we, and using that translation of spark joy, which is slightly incorrect, is it sort of sends us a little bit off off track yeah, a bit. I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think when people understand that, you can you can now use that and rewatch the show or relook mm. at the book and you have a deeper understanding. This mm. takes me perfectly into something that I didn't like about the book initially, but then on further examination I came to maybe not um, love but certainly appreciate. Understand. And yeah. When, I, yeah, when I first read her book I thought her methods were a bit bizarre, not the categories and that kind of thing, but the aspects and you get part of this through the show as well that she will talk to the furniture, that she will greet her house or greet the house that she's working in. And I know you're going to touch on that a bit um, mm. 
when you talk about the show that she talks about waking your books up and then, you know, she advocates that you don't stack things vertically because you hurt the things that are on the bottom of the pile. You squash them and you, you know, mm. break their souls. And that's why she likes to stack things Stand up, things up. Mm. Um, you know, like a filing cabinet because then there's nothing at the bottom of the pile being hurt. And I thought, mm. oh, come on, that, that's mm. a bit far-fetched really. And then so then I looked a bit more into it and I was like, why is she animating all these inanimate objects? And then I realised that her religious background is a practitioner of Shinto, and I probably should have remembered this because I did live in Japan for a little while, but it didn't really (laughs) occur to me. Um, So the religion of Shinto includes the belief that animate and inanimate things or objects have spirits and souls. And so once you come to appreciate that fact, it does explain some of the things in her book which are a bit quirky or a bit odd. Mm. So one of the things that I want to read you, this little passage from her book, she talks about giving your bag a rest. Um, For anyone that's got the book, it's on page 158, and she advocates emptying our bags, our handbags or our backpacks every day. So this is from page 158. The purpose of a purse or bag is to carry your things for you when you're away from home. You fill your bag with the things you need, such as documents, your phone and your wallet, and it carries it all without complaint, even if it is filled to bursting. When you put it down and it scrapes its bottom on the floor, it utters no word of criticism, only doing its best to support you. What a hard worker. It would be cruel not to give it a break, at least at home. Being packed all the time, even when not in use, must feel something like going to bed on a full stomach. So when I first read that, I was like, are you kidding me? I'm not (laughs) going to come home and unpack my handbag every day because then the next morning I have to find all those items, put them all back in and take my bag out. Mm. But when you appreciate where she is coming from with that, then there's something about that that I kind of like the idea of. I love how much value um, she puts into her belongings Mm. and it shows that she actually really cares about things and I think that, that's quite nice. So yeah. while there's aspects of the book that are like that, that I think seem a bit far-fetched, if you kind of just have a bit of an appreciation from where she's coming from with these ideas and animating yeah. things that we consider to be inanimate, then it kind of gives you a bit clearer lens with which yeah. to see the book through. Yeah, and I think it is important that we see things the way she does and through her lens because otherwise judgment comes straight in and that's sort of one of the things that uh, I probably might talk a bit more about later but has disappointed me with the criticisms of of her method or, or her shows or her books is that people are it's it's really some of it's overt racist um but other mm-hmm. those other parts of it are a little bit more less obvious but it's still to me like a, a racism but if we look at it from her religious perspective it makes perfect sense what she's saying you know, because that's, like you said, they believe this. And so it makes perfect sense. And, and I, and, you know, there's these analogies of that last bit that said, you know, being packed all the time, even when not in use, must feel something like going to bed on a full stomach. And, you know, like you said, it really does help you feel a bit more appreciative of your belongings. And I can't mm-hmm. see that being a bad thing at all. 
uh, the only other con I found with the book, and we can discuss this a bit when you, because I'm sure this will come up in your review of the show, mm. is the idea that you tidy your entire house all in one go, that you start the project and you you keep going and mm. um, how overwhelming that might be for some people. So tying all of that stuff that I've just said together, my general opinion is if you're starting out on a decluttering journey, you could do worse than having this book. It's it can be pretty handy. It's got some good ideas. I'm not sure that it's that there's life-changing magic to it, but if you've got an open mind and you've got the space and the time to devote to the way she does things, I think mm. it could it could work for you. Um, the second book, I will only touch on this very briefly, Spark Joy, it was originally released as The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up 2 and then I think it came back as The Illustrated Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up and they've changed it now again to spark joy. This book is honestly only worth getting if you're a devoted subscriber to her method because it's basically a really detailed instruction book or like an encyclopedia of how to bring joy into your home and specific tidying tips. So if you've read number one or watch the show and you love her method, then get number two. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, go out there and just buy number two um, because it goes through things like how to fold specific items. So if you like her folding method but you're not sure how it translates across things, she goes through and it's uh, illustrated okay. like the individual how to fold bit. Yeah. baby items, how to fold shorts versus jeans versus parkas versus socks okay. and there's pictures of all of them, how to stack things. She goes through the specifics of how to best pack a suitcase. Oh, now that so get it, I get excited then. <laughs> I love packing a suitcase. I love like doing all the neat little rounded folds. Yeah, I, I might just, I, I'd get it I'll, just I'll to look you, at that. I'll message. send you the book. You can read yeah. those pages. <laughs> that, that excites um, me, that part. And she goes through the like how to store your books to look attractive. So, you know, the first book goes through, you know, how to, declutter get rid of and work out what sparks joy and what remains and then the second book goes through once you've done that how do you keep your remaining books in a you know looking attractive and not getting worn and those kind of things um she talks about the best ways to store makeup and then she goes through you know using small containers to store um odd items like cooking yeah. utensils and electrical cords and, and there's pictures for all of that stuff okay. so so that second book is, yeah, if you're into it, if you've gone, gone KonMari mad and you are fully subscribed, that second book can be really helpful when you've got all those extra questions about okay. how do I, where do I so put this, sort how of do like I put that? the difference between the decluttering and organising parts of a project, isn't it? Sort of like yeah. the first part is the decluttering and getting rid of everything that doesn't give you value and then the second part is mm -hmm. how to make it, you know, look good, which is yeah, or be organised. I mean, I don't know. I mean, storing your books to look attractive, it to me isn't organised. That's just looking attractive. And then when you need to find a book, you have to remember what colour the spine is or something like that, which to me would be <laughs> annoying. I can. That's how I sort of, based on your description, might separate the yeah. two of them as well. As, you know, because you, you can't, there's no point getting that second book if you haven't decluttered because there is no point trying to make things look tidy. Uh, you can't. You can't tidy clutter. You have to get rid of that first and then, yeah, look after the stuff that you've got left. Yeah, and I think you need to be, um, like I was given the second book. I had no intention of buying that because mm. while I got some good ideas out of the first, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't yeah, have. You didn't need I to take it I didn't further. feel I needed mm. any more detail. 
but someone gave it to me. And now it's handy if I have clients that say, oh, you know, I've got a huge amount of, you know, or my husband has a huge amount of socks and he just throws them all in a bucket on the bottom of the pan, of the, not the pantry, <laughs> the wardrobe. The <laughs> so you don't store, store your socks in the pantry. Uh, some, um, some and like how's the best way to keep his socks neat and not stretch out the ankles and stuff like that? And I'm like, I'm like oh, yeah, I'll come up with some ideas or I might reference it. But You yeah, know what I would say? I'd say let him put his shoes and socks in the bucket. As long as he doesn't come to me asking where the other half of the pair is, I don't care what he does yeah. with his socks. <laughs> uh, so that's it. That's it for the books. Um, and I'll put some links online if, if people want to want to have a look and um, mm. see where they can purchase them from and things like that. Okay. So it looks like this chat has gone on longer than we expected. So what we'll do is stop now that we've finished talking about the books and we will talk about the Netflix show Tidying Up with Marie Kondo in next week's episode. Okay, Tara, so what's our challenge this week? So our challenge this week is your stationary drawer or, if you're like me, your stationary (laughs) zone because I don't really have a drawer but what we'd like you to do is get your stationery out. You could maybe Marie Kondo this a little bit, get it all in one area if you could. One thing I do, and I have been known to pay my children to do this, <laughs> is to test, nothing wrong with a bit of sleep oh, labour, yes. I te- get them to test every pen and um, the ones that work we put in a pile, the ones that don't go in the bin, the pencils that are there that ne- they need to be sharpened before they're put back in the pot, test highlighters, and then separate out your rulers from your paper clips, from your bulldog mm. clips. And then once it's all in different piles, I will line it all back up, put it in pots and uh, tidy it away neatly. So get rid of all that stuff that's in there because people that grab pens, Right with them, they don't work. Throw back in the drawer. Back in the drawer. Uh, We're all guilty. It of kills that. me. So then have it. Yeah, have a think about where your stationery is stored. I have a pen pot on my desk, and I also have one near my kitchen. Um, you maybe have keep a couple of pens in a drawer near your kitchen if that's where you're writing your shopping list or a post-it note for mm. someone or something like that. So have a think about where they're located. Try not to duplicate too many things in my kitchen. I don't need highlighters pencils all the extras I just need a couple of pens and that's that's it so have a think critically throw out anything that doesn't work and if you've got way more than you think you're going to get through in this lifetime consider donating them there's lots of places that will happily receive pens thanks for joining us if you've enjoyed listening we'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all of your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or via Facebook and Instagram or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.